This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. So, um, but yeah, it's Father's Day, so I just want to kind of celebrate dads, really. Um, but hey, celebrate all men, because we do need them, okay, occasionally. But no, we do need them, don't we, to change the tyres and put the oil in the car and stuff like that. But uh, no, men are fairly important, so... But they are quite odd women, aren't they? Come on. We've got to admit, the men are a bit odd, aren't they? They say, they say like, you know, what, what is it? Men are from somewhere. I can't remember now. Mars and women are from Venus and all that type of stuff. Aren't they? And they say that we never mean what we say, but neither do they. Do they? No? Listen to some of these. When a man says it would take too long to explain, what he actually means, I, I have no idea how it works. That's what he's actually saying. When a man says, take a break, honey, you work too hard. What he's actually saying is, I can't hear the game over the vacuum cleaner. When a man says, that's interesting, dear. Do you know what he means? Are you still talking? (laughs) When a man says, it's a guy's thing. What he actually means is there's no rational thought pattern behind this at all. When a man says, can I help with the dinner? What does he mean? Isn't it ready yet? (laughs) When a man says, you know how bad my memory is, what he's actually saying is, I can remember the vehicle registration of every car I've owned, but I can't remember your birthday. When a man says, I can't find it, I've got all these from personal experience, I can tell you. When a man says, I can't find it, what he's saying is, it didn't fall into my outstretched hand, so I'm completely clueless where it is. When a man says, you look terrific, What he actually means is, please don't get changed again. We need to go on. I'm starving. When a man says, I don't remember saying that, what he actually means is, anything I said like six months ago is inadmissible as as evidence. In fact, anything past three days is null and void. And when a man says, that's not what I mean, what he actually is saying, if something I said can be interpreted in two ways... And one of those ways makes you angry, I meant the other one. (laughs) So you see, men are a little bit strange. Men are a little bit strange, but don't we love them? Oh, a bit of a mixed mixed answer to that one. We do love them. And it's Father's Day, and we celebrate all men today. And especially if your father is still with you, celebrate him. Because as I know, as soon as they've gone, you realise, you really do realise what you've missed. Now, Father's Day, for some, I can appreciate, conjures up all sorts of memories and thoughts and experiences as well. So when I say father, what does that conjure up? in your mind. Now, this is my dad. Is he coming up? This is my dad. That's his general posture. He was always laughing at something or whatever. So when somebody says father to me or dad to me, I associate it with warm memories of laughter, somebody who provided for me, who loved me, who used to read stories in bed for me, although he did used to skip the pages. Don't you hate that? He's like, you know, suddenly, like, Peter Pan was already in Neverland and he hadn't even gone to see Wendy yet. I'm like, hang on, Dad, you missed a bit, you missed a bit. Often, my mother would come upstairs and, like, you know, where's your father? Dad would be asleep on the bed and I'd be reading my own book because he'd fallen asleep. But that's my memories. He taught me to ride my bike. He taught me loads of things. So 
When I think of dad, I think of a loving father who spent hours playing with my hair, something that I still love now. But for others, you know, it doesn't bring those memories. For others, it brings memories of nothingness. Their dads weren't there. If they were there, they were nasty to them or horrible to them. And to even to the point for some, it could even have gone as far as abuse. Let me tell you this morning, that is not a father figure, okay? So if that has been your experience, then I can only imagine what that feels like. You know, when our girls were small, they would boast. And how many of your kids or even you have done this? They would boast their dad was the strongest dad in the world. They were convinced of it. They were convinced as well that their dad was the smartest, most intelligent dad in the world. The best looking dad. My dad's better than your dad. Have you heard kids say that? My dad can take your dad down anytime. Yeah? But, but as they began to grow, they were confronted with the harsh reality that actually Philip was not the superhero that they had once thought he was. He wasn't the strongest. He wasn't the smartest or the best looking dad in the world, but he was their dad and they loved him warts and all. You know, we've come into this world with an expectation of uh, being loved unconditionally, don't we? When with a tiny baby, all they want and all they need is unconditional love. And it's only as we begin to grow up that we realise that we might not be loved and cared for in the way that maybe we'd hoped When we realise that our parents, and particularly fathers today, but our parents are not these superheroes that we seem to hope they are, and in fact they are human beings, we soon realise that we will face disappointments. To me, my father was my hero. To me, he was perfect. But he did let me down from time to time. He couldn't always be there because he was human. They don't always get it right. Parents don't always get it right. Caris, Fion, Sarah, I hope you're listening. We don't always get it right. We can't always move the world for them. We can't always stop them from hurting or feeling pain. Sometimes our kids and we as children are going to get disappointed. So when someone refers to God being our father, past experience can sometimes go a long way into how our perception is moulded of what God is in our own mind. There are two truths this morning that if you forget everything else that I want to tell you, and if you fully grasp them, they would be the most transformative power in your life. Now, Prince Harry and Prince William as royalty, and they know kind of who their father is and who their grandmother is particularly, they have expectations, don't they? They will go to somewhere and kind of expect to be treated in a certain manner. They know they're not going to go without. They know that what they want, they will get. They know what their birthright has given them. I'll repeat it again. There are two truths this morning. That if you fully grasp them, it will have the most transformative power in your life. And they are, one, we've sung it this morning, you are a child of God. And secondly, God is the perfect father. So we can be confident in that. So I am going to take you back to basics this morning. So nothing that I say, hopefully, will be of any kind of, oh my gosh, light bulb moment, I didn't know that. It's all back to basics. But you know, when you think of father, and I've dealt with Father's Day for a long, long time, because I've taken kids' work for since I was like 17. And every year, it's been harder and harder, because 
obviously life is changing, isn't it? So when like my parents were children, it was a standard mother, father, two kids and a dog probably, you know? When I was growing up, quite a few of my friends' parents had already kind of split up and they had single mums and single dads. Now, kids are growing up, some don't know their dads, and hey, it's through no fault of our own, a lot of these, okay? But some kids are growing up, they don't know their dads, they've got two dads, they've got two mums, uh, you know, they're in um, gay marriages now, mixed marriages now, um, you've got your half-kids, your step-kids, it's a middle of everything. And hey, like I said, that can't be helped with the way things have gone. But it's, it's far more difficult, isn't it? Far more complicated um, in this world. You know, Louis Giglio said in Cherish this year, and, and like I said, I've been dealing with the, the kids' stuff, and we used to do Father's Day gifts and everything. But as time was changing and the patterns of families were changing, it was becoming more difficult because the kids were like, well, I haven't got a father to make that for. And so we stopped kind of doing Father's Day stuff um, in any sort of kids' stuff. And in fact, today they're doing about God being the good father. But, you know, we've had to stop that because of the changing family patterns we're in. And so I was wondering, do I speak anything about fathers on Father's Day? Because I had something else planned. But then I heard in Cherish this year, Louis Giglio um, said this sentence, and it'll come up here. God is not a big version of your father. He's the perfect version of your father. And I just love that. And I just thought, you know what? I am going to speak on fathers this morning because I need you to know if you don't already, that the Heavenly Father is not a version of your father. He is a version. He is the perfect father. And if you just grasp that, it will change your whole perception of how you live your life. Matthew 5 says, be perfect, therefore, as your Heavenly Father is perfect. So that's what I'm speaking to you about this morning. And I won't be long because, like I said, you've probably got plans. So I'm speaking to you this morning about your perfect father, taking you back to basics and looking at what that means. But before I go any further, what I want you to do is forget everything you know about father, what you perceive to be father. Despite what your dad was like, this dad, God, he is for you. He loves you unconditionally. He wants you to succeed. He doesn't want any harm to come to you. He will pick you up when you fall. He encourages you. He cheers you on. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. He will never, ever leave you. He delights in you and much, much more. Amen? Amen? Amen. So casting away all your preconceived ideas of what you think a father is, Let's look at, uh, there's loads of qualities, but I just want to look at four qualities this morning of the perfect father. Is that okay? Cool. Right, the first one is God is a close father. The Bible makes it very clear that he's nearby whenever you need him. Acts 17 says, when he talks about how God is everywhere, it says God did this so people would reach out to him and find him since he's not far from any of us. God is not a million miles away. He's here. He's here with you. I don't know what your dad was like. My dad was there 80% of the time because he worked. But God is always there for you. Whenever you need him, you will always find him. Today, kids grow up with absentee mothers and fathers. They never know where they are. They're never around. People work long hours. And like I said, hey, this is no criticism on anybody. Yeah, I've worked long hours in the past and my kids have missed out. 
But God is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He is never too busy for you. He is never too busy for you. Psalm 145 says the Lord is near to all who call on him. Not some, or not on a Monday, but not on a Tuesday because he's busy. The Lord is near to all who call on him. So you'll never get a, please leave a message after the tone. You'll never get an out of office message. You'll never get, oh yeah, 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 but I'm too busy now, phone me back in 10 minutes. You'll never get that. He is always there for you. He is always there for you. Why? Because he loves to meet your needs. Matthew 7 said, if you know how good, how give, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Matthew 6 says, so don't worry saying, what am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? Your heavenly Father knows your needs. The point is that good fathers... Good fathers take care of the children. So how much more can you count on God to meet your needs? Because he has unlimited resources to do it. So firstly, God is a close father. Secondly, God is a caring father. Church this morning, if you don't listen to anything else they say, you need to know you are loved, you are cared for, you matter. Yeah? You are loved, you are cared for, you matter. God cares about you. He cares about the minute things in your life. He is interested in every second of your day. He cares about you. How often do your kids come and you're like, oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah? I mean, Sarah's not you, but Fionn often says, Sarah, is this going to be intelligent conversation now? Or is it going to just be kind of useless information that you're going to tell me? Because if you're going to tell me useless information, shut up. If it's useful, I'll listen to you. That's Fionn's kind of conversation with Sarah. Because if anybody knows Sarah, she does go into detail of everything. So you have to kind of like, is, you know, can you have the short version? Can you have the short version? God doesn't do that. He's happy to listen to your babble. He's happy to listen to your rubbish that you just want to pour out. Why? Because he cares for you. This is God's most outstanding characteristic, I think. He is there for you 100%. He loves you to bits. Church, he loves you to bits. You matter to him. Listen to some of these verses. Deuteronomy 3, I'm not going to read them all, but Deuteronomy 3, the Lord will fight for you. Deuteronomy 31, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. Joshua 1, the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I want for nothing. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you're with me. Surely, Surely, goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life. Psalm 23, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I fear? Isaiah 12, the Lord is my strength and my defense. Hebrews 13, we can say with confidence, the Lord is my help, but I won't be afraid. What can mere mortals do? How's that for a dad? How's that for a dad? That is amazing. Are you convinced yet? Are you convinced yet? You see, one time the disciples were out in the boat to the Sea of Galilee and a storm came up. We all know the, the story. They started taking on water. They started to sink. They were going back and forth, back and forward, probably feeling a bit... I would, anyway. But they asked the most important question, didn't they? What did they ask? Lord, don't you care about me? We're drowning. Lord, help us. We're drowning. Help, help. You see, sometimes we feel like that, don't we? And it's because we've not quite grasped the care and the closeness of our Heavenly Father. You see, 
When you ask, do you care, what's his answer? What's his answer? Yes. yes. Does God care about your health? Yes. Does God care about your finances? Yes. You're not convinced? Come on. Does God care about your grades at school? Yes. Does God care about your family? Yes. Does God care about your relationships? Yes. Does God care whether you're going to be successful? Yes. Does God care? Not sounding very convinced, yeah? When Peter 5 says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Church, if we don't get this in our head, if we don't understand the fullness of our Father, we are not going to be able to walk through life with any sort of strength at all. Because what we'll be doing is we'll be relying on ourselves instead of the Heavenly Father who cares for you and who's close to you. Thirdly, God is a capable father. Do you know, nothing is beyond his ability. Nothing is beyond his resources. Nothing is beyond his power. Whatever problem, whatever problem you have, whether it's at home, school, work, with people, with money, with health, whatever, do you know what? God can handle it. Your father can handle it. Yeah, as your kids ever come home saying you've been bullied in school and dad's like, right, I'm going to go down to school. I'm going to sort this out. We're going to do it. Yeah, that's what God's like. I'm going to sort this out for you, kids. Don't worry about it. I've got your back. And we need to understand that God is a capable, capable father. Ephesians 3 says God can do anything far more than you can imagine or guess in your wildest dreams. What's your wildest dreams? He can do more than that. Luke 1 says nothing, nothing is impossible with God. You see, if God can speak this universe into existence, he can look after you. If he can keep Noah safe in the flood, if he can feed Elijah with ravens, if he can breathe life into the boy for the widow, if he can keep three Hebrew boys safe in a fire, if he can secure Daniel with the lions, if he can feed Israel in the wilderness for 40 years, if he can slay Goliath for David, if he can take the care of the disciples in the storm, if he can part the Red Sea for Moses, if he can raise Lazarus from the dead, you get in the message? If he can feed the 5,000, he can look after you. He has got you. When was the last time you had to part the Almond River? When was the last time you had to feed... 12 was bad enough on the video, wasn't it? But when was the last time you had to feed 5,000 people? When was the last time you had to go and kip in with the lions? If God can do that, he can do what you need him to do. But we've got to get this in our heads. When I was a little girl in Sunday school, and you're all going to sing it now, I know, we learned a song. My God is so big... So strong and so mighty, there's nothing that he cannot do. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what? It may be a little song, but it has huge truth. Yeah? It might be a little song, but it has huge truth. And even though we teach it to the kids, sometimes I think, do you know what? We need to learn this song, relearn it, and start singing it again. He is so big. He is so mighty. There is nothing that he cannot do. See, God wants to meet your needs. He doesn't want you looking around for them to be met elsewhere. 
He wants you to look to him. Philippians 4 says, my God shall supply all your needs. All your needs. That covers finances, it covers health, it covers relationships, it covers family, it covers your kids, it covers your work, it covers your career, it covers your grades in school. All your needs. He's got your back. Why? Because he's a capable father. He is close to you and he cares about the minute details of your life. Fourthly, God is a consistent father. Have you ever seen these little kids, you know, they're starting, thankfully I was never one of them, starting at the race line, you're looking around, kind of, where's dad? He said he was going to come to finish work early. Where's dad? Where's dad? Where's mum? Where's mum? It doesn't have to be dad's. Where's mum? Where? I can't see him. Whistle goes, right, off we go, running down, running down, running down. They won't be running the heels, so they'd make it far more elegant than that. Get to the finishing line, to the roar of the crowds. Yay. Yay. They're looking around, looking around, looking around. Oh, he's not you. He's not you. How many kids? Dad's picking them up to go take them to the cinema. They're all ready. They've got their bag of popcorn. They've got their money. Dad's coming. Dad's coming. We're going to see Jurassic World. Hey, can't wait. Can't wait. Phone call comes. Oh, sorry. Something's cropped up in work. I can't come. And it's like, <sighs> things happen. I'm not, like, don't get me wrong. Things happen. So don't feel guilty now because you didn't go to sports day last week or whatever, okay? But things happen. But you know what? That will never happen with God. He can be counted on. He is consistent. He's dependable. James 1 says, Every good and perfect gift is from the Father who does not change like shifting shadows. People are unpredictable. Things happen. It's not sometimes our fault. Sometimes it is. Sometimes we put in maybe ourselves above the needs of our kids. But most of the time, I would hope, um, it's because something's cropped up. And we are unpredictable. But God is not unpredictable. He is consistent. He never has a bad day. He never wakes up in a grouchy mood. He loves you whether you're in a good mood or whether you're in a bad mood. He does not change. He does not change. Second Timothy says, even if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He remains faithful faithful in a world where everything is changing in a world where sometimes we think gosh it's falling apart if there's one thing you can count on when everything else is just falling by the wayside it is that God will always always be there and will act in the same way towards you regardless of where you're at he's always caring He's always consistent. No matter what I think, no matter what I do, no matter how I feel, he was consistent. Malachi 3 says, I, the Lord, do not change. Everything else changes. Everything else shifts. But God is your rock. Your dad is your rock that will never, ever change. Psalm 18 says, what God he is. What a God he is. All his promises prove true. All his promises prove true. So if God said it or says it, he will do it. You can count on it. So regardless of your experience this morning with your earthly father, regardless of how you perceive your dad, your perfect father is close to you. He cares for you. He is consistent and he's more than capable and wants to be your dad. You see, 
everyone is a child of God in the sense that we're all created by God. But not everyone has a relationship with God, so not everybody can see him or associate him as father. So you might feel this morning that you can't call him dad, that you can't call him father because you don't have that relationship with him. But you know, this morning, you can change that. God made it so, so simple. God says, if you want to be part of my family, if you want to be establish this relationship with me, your dad, if you want to feel my care, if you want to f- know my consistency, if you want to know my love and you can trust in me, then John 1 says, but to all who believe and accept, he gave the right to become a child of God. Maybe you started the relationship and maybe it's just, you know what, I'm not feeling this dad thing. Maybe it's because of past experiences. Maybe because you haven't allowed him to get close to you. You know, my dad and the team are going to start playing now. My dad always had his chair. Do the fathers in the house have his chair? Philip does, but the dogs pinch it all the time. But my dad always had his chair. And whether I was playing or if I'd come in from school or whatever I was doing, he would be in his chair. Remote control, eventually. Obviously, he had to get up at first to change his alley, but he'd sit there with his remote control, his cup of tea. My father loved his cup of tea, the biggest cup that he could find. And he used to just indicate sometimes, he used to go. And sometimes he's like, no, I'm playing, I don't, I don't want to come to you, whatever. But the majority of times, majority of times, my father in his chair would just go, oi, Ruth. I'd come over, climb on his knee, cut up. He'd play with my hair, I'd play with his boil. To explain that, I'll let me to explain that. My father had a boil, <laughs> had, a, had a boil on his finger, and he often talked about having it taken off. And I'm one of five, and all five of us were like, "No, you can't take that boil off your finger," because we used to sit there and we used to go like that with it, you know, like run it round and round. Cause it was a perfect ball. It just, because we used to play with it, it had gone into a perfect little ball. And even the grandkids used to play with it. It's quite vulgar, really, but. But <laughs> I used to sit on his knee, cut it up, he used to play with my hair, he used to play with his boil. But you know, I felt safe there. I felt as though my dad could do anything. He was the perfect father to me. He was the strongest dad. He was the most intelligent. He was the best looking. Although he had slightly big ears. But he was perfect to me. And whenever I sat on his knee and felt his arms around me and play with my hair, I could have stayed there for hours. As we talked about our day, our week, our month, whatever was going on, my frets, his frets, dreamed about what we would be, astronaut, prime minister, what could, what could Ruth be? And we used to talk, talk for hours. But you know, your dad, this morning, God is in his chair. And all he wants is for you to get on his knee, cut up and feel safe. So regardless of whether you did that with your earthly father, you can do that this morning with your heavenly father. He's sitting there. Come on, Gail. Come on, Anne. Come on, Gary. Come sit. Come on. Come and have a cut. Come and talk to me. Come and feel me close. Come and feel me, my love, my care for you. Know that I am always here. I am always here to give you a cut whenever you need it. And sometimes he's there when we don't want him. We're pushing him away. Have you seen these kids when they pick him up and they get off me, get off me, and the parents are struggling to hold them? Sometimes we're like that with God, and they kind of go away, go away. I want to do this by myself. God said, no, climb on my knee, touch me, feel
feel my loving arms around you. I am a good, good father. Church, he's a good, good father. And you are loved by him. And he wants to cut you so close this morning. And if you just realise that he is here for you all of the time, he is capable of covering anything that you are going through at the moment. He loves you. He cares for you. And he just wants to cut you. Do you want to know him as a dad rather than just this person? He wants to be dad. He wants to be your dad. You've just got to let him. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.